Welcome to Corgi Confident. My name's Alyssa. I am the self-proclaimed Corgi Queen. Let's talk Corgis. All right. Welcome, Corgi Confident listeners. It is Maslow Monday, so we are here to talk about Maslow. Uh, This episode is going to be a little bit different format than the previous week, so just bear with me a little bit. Just to do a quick update on Maslow, uh, for Flyball, we are currently on a break, so there is no new news there. Um, We will be returning to Flyball in a couple weeks, um, like two weeks, Uh, so nothing really new to say there. Agility, again, pretty much status quo, and about the same as our previous weeks. And for our barn hunt update, uh, he does continue to be doing well. He's signaling a lot better than he has in the past. Um, We had started using the clicker for him in barn hunt, and that has definitely helped him kind of understand what he was doing a little bit better. So Barnett, he's doing great. Uh, my only update with that is that we now have classes on Wednesdays instead of Mondays. But other than that, he continues to improve in that as well. And that's really my only update as far as his sports go. So since I don't really have an update for his sports, I decided to switch it up a little bit for Maslow Monday. And we're going to talk about how trick training has helped his life, uh, how it has improved his life. And people think of trick training as just a fun thing to show at parties or to show friends. They're like, oh, look at this, you know, cute trick my dog can do. My dog can roll over. Oh my gosh, isn't that fun? Uh, Or like, my dog can shake. Isn't that fun? Um, But I'm going to explain how training tricks has really changed Masao's life and really given him, I, I mean, in my opinion, a better life. Um... The first year that I had him, I focused really, really heavily on obedience. And I do suggest that. Obedience is a really important thing to teach. So we didn't really seriously start getting into trick training until he was about a year and a half old. So I remember it was um, fall of 2019, I think it was, if I'm remembering correctly. That timeline might be off. But anyways, he's three years old now, and... Uh, He didn't seriously get into tricks until he was about a year and a half. Um, And so we just kind of rapidly started earning trick titles. But my my main focus with his first year of life was was just obedience. We did a lot of obedience classes. We did a lot of obedience training. He did learn some tricks here and there, but mainly it was obedience. So again, he didn't start seriously learning tricks until he was about a year and a half old. And we just kind of like rapidly started earning trick titles. So as far as our trick titles go, we started with uh, Do More With Your Dog. And I love the Do More With Your Dog trick program. I will go into different trick programs in another episode. But we started with the Do More With Your Dog trick program. Um, Actually, that's not true. When we seriously started looking into trick titling at about this year and a half mark, we were looking into do more with your dog, but he did earn his novice AKC trick title when he was 11 months. He also earned his CGC, his Canine Good Citizen title. Um, that's also through AKC at 11 months old. So he mm-hmm. learned both of those at about the same time. 
But when we seriously started looking into trick titles, we were doing Do More With Your Dog. Um, and that was just because, honestly, it was, it was cheaper at the moment. Uh, most AKC trick titles are, you kind of, you have to pay for them to get evaluated most of the time. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, at, at this point, I was not able to do that. Do More With Your Dog was all video submission, so that was just a lot easier for me, and you only have to pay for the submission of the title. You don't have to pay for the evaluation of it. So for me, it was just a little bit easier to get into. And again, I'll go into all the different trick titling um, organizations in a different episode, but that's just kind of where we got started. And so... I just have a couple different topics about how trick training has helped my relationship with Maslow and just helped Maslow's life in general. And so the first topic is that it improved our bond. I mean, training in general improves your bond with your dog. You know, the more you train your dog, the, the better bonded they are going to be to you. But tricks are just a, a way to have fun with training, you know? It's, in my opinion, a, a more fun way to train your dog. And if it's more fun for you, it's going to be more fun for them, right? So it's just kind of fun for both parties. And you're both in having this outlet that's just enjoyable for both of you. And there's just so many different tricks you can do. You could do, you know, simple ones like spin or shake. Or you could do ones that, like help you out honestly like with Maslow we've been working a lot on like object retrieves I'll have him in, retrieve like a pen for me that I dropped or my lip gloss or my keys or anything like that um, but you can also train dogs to like close the door for you or turn off the lights so you can just kind of have fun with it and you don't have to do it a certain way there's not a wrong way to do it no one's gonna judge you for doing it a certain way you know there's there's more than one way to do it it's just a very fun environment a very relaxed environment for you to train your dog and just improve your your bond with them the next topic is that it helped me learn more about him it helped me learn more about Maslow so I was able to learn more about his strengths and his weaknesses what he was really really good at and what he was not so good at. So for him through all of this I learned that he does better with more active things you know so for example when he's running around like jumping through a hoop or like jumping from you know a platform to another platform or anything just more active like that he learns those things really really quickly Things that involve a little bit more, like, being, having to sit down and focus take a lot longer for him, or it's just not as enjoyable. So things like uh, he knows how to play Connect Four, but that took him a while to figure out how to pick up the piece and put it in the correct spot. By correct, I just mean, like, in the, uh, whatever you call it, the, the game piece, you know? That took him a really long time to do because it's a lot of sitting down and like trying to figure it out. Um, reading from index cards, that also takes a lot more like thinking, like critical thinking for him. So that one took him a while to learn. 
but he's very, very quick on more of the active things. And I also learned that he's, he's very paw happy, so it's easier for me to get behaviors that involve his paw, so like pushing a button or, you know, shaking my hand or shaking hands or high five, anything that involves more paw stuff is easier for him to figure out. He's just very paw happy. Things that involve like his mouth, like grabbing things, is more difficult for him. He still hasn't learned how to hold an object. He can carry an object object somewhere. Again, that that active thing that he likes to do, but he has a hard time just sitting there holding an object. That's really hard for him. Again, he's just sitting there. That's just not something he's very good at or just one of his weaknesses, one of the things that we have to work on to improve a little bit, a little bit more. And so learning about his strengths and his weaknesses has helped us a lot in, in our sports, uh, specifically in agility, because agility is, you know, basically, it's basically just a bunch of tricks grouped together, you know. But I've learned what his his strengths and weaknesses are. So it's when I'm looking at teaching him a new obstacle, I know more about what we need to focus on and what we what we don't necessarily have to focus on. So for example, I've talked about it in previous episodes that he has no issues committing to an obstacle. That's never been a problem to him. You tell him to tunnel, he'll tunnel. His issue has always been coming back after you tell him to do something. So I can go in already knowing this and already knowing how to give him success. So an example is we've been teaching him weave poles and I already know that once he once he figures out how to go in them independently I know that he will take them you know so he's not doing them perfectly yet which is fine but we've been stressing more on him taking taking them independently and coming to me afterwards because that's what he's he's good at so we're not really concerned with him getting the weave poles perfectly because because we know he'll figure it out. Like, that's one of his strengths. He'll figure it out. He's smart. Like, those are, that's one of his strengths is, is I know that he can figure it out because it's an active thing. And with our weave poles, we are using uh, guide wires too. So he has it laid out pretty easily. So instead, I'm stressing on him being able to find the entrance independently and coming back to me once he's finished through all of the weave poles, right? So knowing that beforehand has helped us a lot with that training. Uh, just to follow up more with like learning about him, how it how it has helped me learn about him, I've figured out what his favorite tricks are. So his favorite tricks are whisper and wave. Those are his absolute favorite tricks. And so when I need to get him refocused or I need to get him amped up to do something, like for fly ball if we're working on our box turns, and I just need to get him like amped up to like really want to work with me, then I'll ask him for one of those two behaviors or for both. And I know doing those because he loves them so much, he's like, oh, maybe she'll ask ask me to do it again. Or just in general, it just amps him up because I know how much he loves to do his whisper trick or his wave trick. He loves it. Like it just gets him so amped up to do his job. So I'll ask him to do it if like, 
I'm losing his focus or I'm losing his motivation. Maybe he gets up from a stay and he starts sniffing and I need to get him like refocused on what's happening. I can do those tricks and he's super excited to do whatever I want to say next, right? Um, it's also helped because we've started doing uh, more like, instead of putting him in a sit-stay, that gives him a chance to be bored. Again, because I know he's more active, keeping him active. So if he's already like walking around and then I see his eye contact on me, then I call him over and ask him to do a jump, right? So keeping him active, keeping the momentum when he's done with an obstacle, quickly calling him back to do another obstacle and not giving him the chance to like settle down and just keep go going, 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 because I know he likes to be active and I know that's what's going to give him the best success because I've worked with him so much on all these tricks and just in general, just trained with him so much and learned so much about him through all this trick training. So that's how trick training has helped me learn more about him. And now I'm going to talk about how it's increased my communication with him, which sounds weird, right? Like you can't communicate really, like they don't speak English, you don't speak dog. So how does this, how does trick training help you communicate with your dog? How has trick training helped me communicate? Well, the best way it's helped me is that I know the signs when he's close to being done. You know, I can pick up on when he's starting to get tired, tired with training so I can stop it so that he doesn't get to that point of just like ending it himself because that's one of his biggest things. But it's given me that, those signs. It's helped me know that he needs short and sweet sessions and in general like it just helps me know when he's when he's close to his breaking point without him actually having to reach his breaking point. So we can still end on a high note and end on a success. And just to reverse that, it's also helped him pick up on my subtle cues when I'm trying to teach him something new. So for example, if I'm trying to teach him a new trick, let's say it involves picking something up with his mouth, right? Let's say picking up a ball with his mouth. Well, he's learned that one of my ways to communicate that with him or just to communicate that what I want him to do has to do with this object that is set in front of him is I will stare at the object. So I'll stare at whatever it is. If it's a ball, I'll stare at the ball. And so he has learned, okay, mom's looking at this ball, so she must be telling me that I need to get this thing, right? Or in fly ball when we were working on ball returns and it was stuck to the Velcro on the practice box and I just kind of like was looking at him and then I pointed at the ball and I looked at him and I pointed at the ball and I would stare at the ball and then like play with the tennis ball a little bit and be like see this and I know by doing that because we have worked so much together I know by doing that he's going to understand okay mom wants me to do something with this tennis ball and so when we first let him try the ball retrieve before I even said anything, I didn't say, like, get the ball, I didn't do anything, I just released him. I did say get it, but it's not like there was really an intro step at all. I was just messing with the ball on there. And he figured it out. He did his swimmer's turn, he grabbed the ball, and he figured out it had to do with the ball. Now that first time, obviously, he didn't pull the ball off. Um, I mentioned that in our last Maslow Monday, I believe. He didn't pull the ball off, but he figured out 
that it has something to do with that ball. And that's because of the communication that we have with each other. And because of how much we work together, I figured out how to communicate to him without using words, right? Because we don't, they don't understand English. Without using words, I figured out how to communicate with him that what I want him to do has to do with this tennis ball, has to do with this object. So he now understands what I'm trying to tell him a little better. And in turn, because of that, I am able to communicate with him easier about what I want. And I also that's, that's also helped a lot in, in agility as well, in the sense that I can send him to different places and he knows my hand motions. He knows, like, if I tell him jump and I start going towards the jump and, like, adding a little bit of pressure onto his path and then he sees the jump, then he figures out, okay, that's the jump there. Now, that didn't necessarily come from just trick training. That did also come from our agility training, obviously, because that's what you learn in agility. But because we communicate so well, he was able to easily pick up on that and easily pick up on the cues of what I was trying to tell him, right? So increased communication, which if you're planning on doing sports, helps so much. Because that's what dog sports are. You know, you need to communicate with your dog what you want. That's really what all of dog training is, is communicating with your dog what you want. So you more the more you train, the more they're going to be able to communicate with you and vice versa. Uh, so what else has it done for him? Trick training has also given him a job. Um, I did have an episode on this about, you know, life with a working breed. And so... One of my tips was to give give your dog a job, you know, make them work for things. And trick training was one of the ways that I was able to fulfill that for Maslow. It, it gave him something to do. It gave him a job. It gave him an expectation. That was also a fun way for me to give him a job, right? Like I mentioned before, trick training is all about fun. But it gave him an expectation. It gave him a job. And with his working dog little brain, obviously that helped him, right? Like I said, that was that's why it was one of my my tips for working breeds. Give him a job. So it helped a lot. It helped give him an outlet, you know, a healthy outlet to to have a job, right? An appropriate outlet, I should say. And just on a personal note, like Trick training Maslow um, helped me because it taught me a lot about dog training. I mean, that was one of the reasons I got Maslow is because I was like, I want to learn more about training and I want to figure it out. And so I was able to practice and learn about dog behaviors and different training techniques because I had him, right? And so you, you learn a lot about dog training by having a dog, by going out and actually actually workshopping it you know so you know dog training might not be your goal but you learn you learn a lot about it you learn you learn how to do things I don't know if that sounds weird but you learn different types of training techniques so 
for example, like when I mentioned staring at an object, like that's a different kind of training technique. You can also do luring is a really common one. You know, you put the treat on the nose and you move them into position or what have you. You know, you learn about that one. You learn about other ways like capturing a behavior, which is just you see them, see them do something and, you, and you're like, yes, I like that. And so you just learn different techniques to train your dog that could potentially help you in the future with whatever goals you have with your dog, whether it's just to be a good dog or whether you have different sports goals like I do, right? So this is kind of a short and sweet little Maslow Monday, but I just wanted to, to talk about how, how trick training has really impacted his life. Like not only did it give us this whole platform that we have right now and we've built on, but in general, I preach so much about it and about trick training because I do see how much it has immensely helped his life. And I see how much it's helped a lot of other corgis' lives, too, who I'm sure are listening to this. And if you think I'm talking about you, yes, I am. <laughs> um, but I've seen so much about how, how it helps so many dogs, specifically corgis. That's, that's typically my social circle is, is corgi people. So I just want to talk about my particular experience with it. And again, there'll be another episode of what I think of trick training in general, but this is just my specific experience with Maslow on trick training. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to speak to you next Monday about more things all about Maslow. Have a good one, guys. Corgi Confident is for educational purposes only. Please contact a vet, trainer, groomer, or other pet professional in your area for help. Want more Corgi content? Make sure to follow Maslow the Trick Corgi on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And if you have a question, you can email us at corgiconfidentpodcast at gmail.com. This is the Corgi Queen, signing off.